The glitz, the glamour, it's Hollywood. On Broadway. Oh, wait. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's confuse all the songs together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. Today is episode 200. 200. Holy shit. Not 100. Normally. 200. No. No. And what did we do for episode 100? Probably nothing. nothing. <laughs> we didn't do shit. Because who gives a fuck about 100 when you could double it and have a 200? <laughs> That's where it's really at. So normally on this show, we would review an independent film for your pleasure. But and you can today, for the 200th episode, it is the inaugural Indie Film Review mm-hmm. Awards mm-hmm. Ceremony. That's right. That's right. This is actually the 31st uh, Indie Film Review Awards show oh, that we've done, Dan. 31st? Wow. It's time not inaugural? Has, has flown. <laughs> nope. Uh, we've been doing this for years and years, and we've never... Uh, no, yes. okay, actually, this is a new idea. <laughs> and we want to do this moving forward with <laughs> A each new year, idea uh, that we came up with by ourselves. You know, Oh, yeah, no one's ever done this. So award shows are completely unique to this, this like movies and awards. It, it's never been done. So uh, we're really innovators and we're, uh, we're trailblazers. Oscars. So that's what are very those? exciting. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to be debating the awards and the categories oh, live in front of a studio I looked at, audience. I looked, at, I looked at Jared's list and I'm, I'm telling you, we are going to fight. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna fucking fight, baby. It's gonna get it's gonna get hairy, it's gonna get scary. It's gonna maybe some goofs and gaffs. Who knows? Uh so yeah, hopefully this is fun. <laughs> I'm also planning, I'm gonna say this on the podcast to make myself do it. I want to to make custom laurels for the the awards that we do here for the winners. Uh I was thinking of doing them in watercolor, because I like doing watercolor, so that'll be fun. Please stay tuned for that. I don't know how long that's going to take me to do. <laughs> I'll work on it. And also, um, in this award show, this is only for films that Dan and I have seen in the last within two, last year. Yeah. Yes. So if the film came out in 2017 and we saw it last year, it's going to count. Yes. If, does that make yes, sense yes, for everybody? Yes. Okay. I also plan maybe we could do a retroactive where we can go back into the years and yeah. kind of like like clean all of that up and like, you know, prop up some of the best of the best. Cause we've seen a lot of great films over the years. Let's get into it. Dan, do you have an award you'd like to nominate some Let's films for? Let's start with the, the shorties. Let's start with Ooh, them. Shorties. We'll damn, go, we we had so many shorts this. I mean, we we're up to like volume 16 with the shorts. So I don't know how many we covered this year, but I have four nominees for the best short, and those are Scar, Henry, okay. In the uh-huh. Valley of the Moon, and The yep. Spinning Man. Do I have all of those? Oh, so I have Henry. Okay. I have The Spinning Man. So those are the two that we have in common. So let me... So I, I also have that award as well, but let me. I'm going to highlight them. Uh, my other nominees are Hotter Up Close, The Telltale Heart, oh. and Elo. 
by oh, uh, Saeed yeah. Wahat Ali. It's that's the umbrella. Yeah, the short umbrella one, the Charlie Chaplin that that dealt with. Uh, yeah, it was like Charlie Chap- Chaplin esque, but it dealt with suicide, yeah. and uh, it, was, it got kind of dark. Um, okay, so let's begin the discussion, Dan. Scar, why why are you bringing Scar to the table here? Scar What's was a very impressive drama. Um, it's the mm-hmm. one with the girl who's dying of cancer. <gasps> yeah, um, there were some that pretty, had a lot of really good scenes. Yeah, that, like there were really some pretty well good, constructed scenes in that. Really good um, construction, really good editing overall. The way in which the scenes were built sometimes were very imaginative. Um, mm-hmm. It just I don't know it, for some reason. Whenever I think of a short for the last year, this one kind of sticks with me the most. Like, I have a very clear visuals in my head about how yeah. this film looked, what happened. Um, the film is called Scar, I believe, because the girl's name is Scarlet. Oh, and this was written and directed by Allison Hale. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm remembering this film now. There's so many great constructed scenes like the two girls with their legs up mm-hmm. on the wall and the scene where the dad is telling her daughter that she, you know like she she has this illness and they're in the car yep. and the sun setting or, behind them or whenever oh, so whenever good. she's in the hospital bed and it like she's in the hospital but then all of a sudden she's not okay you're winning me over i'm really annoyed <laughs> because i really want to fight for mine all right all right so okay we have that we have hotter up close okay. which was the the gay comedy yes. that was just amazing. Yes. So freaking good. Directed by Leland Montgomery. It was fantastic. I mean, this, it was funny. It was well-directed. It was cute. Um, you were, like, rooting for the main character. It was, like, quick with its pace, you mm-hmm. know? It, it really, like, kept you engaged in what was going on. I think uh, Christopher Matthias... Uh, Agula, um, please forgive me if I'm not saying that name right, as Chris was really, really good. I remember this movie making me smile so much. And that scene where they're both, like, really oh, close yeah. together. Oh, yeah. They were, like, about to kiss, but they, they don't. Flirting yeah. for the longest time okay, was, was close to icon. Like, it made me want to see a whole movie of this. It I made me want to see was, two hours of two men very close together, almost about hell to Hell yes. Two hours of that, like, and and the entire dialogue, like, maybe they recite Shakespeare together, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just they just yell Hamlet at each other. Okay, you also had the Spinning Man. Yes, the Spinning Man. I mean, fucking hell, dude, the Spinning Man is so good. So this is done by Jordan Rosenblum. This is a one we've seen more recently. Yes. And Travis Mitchell as Stan was just fantastic in this. So this was like the post-apocalyptic DJ. He's trapped in this room and he finds someone else is DJing and he he becomes obsessed with like stopping him or mm. thinking that guy's against him. Uh, but like what like fun camera trickery and, and storytelling they were yeah. able to do in just like that tiny little room. Gorgeous all around, honestly. Uh, did you have another film you wanted to talk about um, in the shorts? Yeah. In the Valley of the Moon, I enjoyed that one because of how uh, how nice it looked. Like, oh my mm. god, the the camera they used for that was fantastic. The cinematography was great. The intrigue, I think, is what really makes it just special to me because it's about a guy who's trying to get revenge 
on um, somebody and this guy is already a hitman for the mob so he's like oh I want to I want to kill this guy for me and um, yeah oh, oh the cat and mouse yeah. with them in the house yeah. the cat and mouse with them in the house thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, that was really fun and I the, that tension that they were able to bring to those scenes is really well done too Okay, so I think, judging based on... Oh, and we said Henry as well. Oh, Henry, by Matthew Calavine, who's, who submitted several to us, who I, I think he's on this list a few times. Yeah. Um, Henry was like this surreal, bizarre film about a man cheating on his wife during a business trip, I think. Yeah. No, he was trying to go... He was going on a, on a desert vacation. Yeah. Or, or an excursion. And, like, his parents don't like him and didn't want to come with him. His wife didn't want to come with him. And then he tries to, like, cheat on his wife with a uh, a, a call guy. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Call call girl? Because yeah. I know call girl. I don't know if it applies to call. Anyways, he, he has this, like, homoerotic undertone to the film where it's almost like he's the character's trying to break out of his relationship and all these other people that like don't care about him mm. and like do his own thing, but he's conflicted by it. And then like, I think he even at one point jerks off in the desert with uh, a sports <laughs> yeah. illustrated. Like, yeah. So nominees for best jerk off scene is definitely in there, but yeah, Henry was really, really amazing. Um, again, Elo is, was super, super good, but because you didn't have Elo on your list, and you also didn't have the Telltale Heart on your list. I think we can eliminate those. Um, so I'm looking at either Henry or the Spinning Man, I think would be... Because those are the two we at least already agree on. Okay. Then my vote is for the Spinning Man because Henry is going to show up again later. i am gonna have to say the spinning man it's a film and if you if you look it up the spinning man 2018 this it's such a watchable short yeah it's so enjoyable so quick paced and it's everything about it's perfect just the idea of dystopia is always like it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me so if if you like dystopic films Mm -hmm. this is going to satisfy it it's a yep. interesting take on the genre. Yes. I like how surreal it gets. Yeah. No moment is wasted on the screen. Everything is purposeful and has meaning. And that's, that gets so, my film boner. 2022 best short from Indie Film Review. The Spinning Man. That's right. All right. I'm, mar- I'm writing it down. Before we move on, I don't think you had a category for this. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Henry should win Best Sound. Oh, okay. Out of all the films we watched, Henry's sound design sticks out the most to me. So it was Matthew Kyle Levine, as far as I know, he and, and maybe it was just him, or maybe it was him and somebody else, they were just experimenting with really strange, ambient almost guttural sounds and it adds so much to the surrealness of the film and like it 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 stuck with me it stuck with me really 
a lot. So I appreciate the experimentation. It was disturbing. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> it was haunting. I I appreciate it, and I think it's really. I think we weird. should nod Henry for best sound. Do okay. you have okay. a I... another hmm. film that might nod it out? Nod it out. Thinking. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I keep thinking of that damn. Uh, we need rent money song keeps getting stuck <laughs> in my head over and over again. Well, that's best but soundtrack. You're right. You're right. That would be soundtrack. Uh, so sound and soundtrack is something I need to keep my uh, ears more focused on going forward. If we're going to keep doing these award shows. No, I don't think I can argue with that. I think that's correct. Yay! Yeah. So best sound Henry. Matthew Kyle Levine, your film Henry has best sound. According to all us, right, all right. the Indie Film Review, Hell yeah. with our Indie Film Review Award show. <laughs> and this is the most important award you'll ever win. You can bring this to Hollywood at Hollywood P.O. Box, and they will say, Wow, we, we've heard of that show, and we also accept your award. Here is Money and Fame. Uh, okay, horniest film of 2022 is what I'm really getting at, Dan. Come oh. on. The horniest film of 2022. Are we going to say it together? Undoubtedly. <laughs> <laughs> na na, na, un na. Un <laughs> The Innocent Traitor, or Innocent Traitor, came out in 2020. It's a bomba film. This film will change your life for the hornier. It will make your penis <laughs> or vagine become wet with excitement. Uh, the, the psycho and, and perfectionist who made this is, uh, if you go to world cyber vision on YouTube, you can, you can find some of his stuff. He, he posts vlogs. The guy who wrote and directed it stars in it as well and has sex with all the ladies. I mean, come on. Yes. It's perfection. Yes. Uh, secret agent film about boning. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't I mean, that? all right. All right. <laughs> Horniest film, Na Unan, Innocent Trader. <laughs> I like you saying it again. <laughs> That's really good. All right, now let's do a real one. Best drama. Okay. Best. What are drama. your nominees? I have Frey. Me too. From 2012. I thought I had another wow. one, but I don't. Okay, so I'm going to nominate Frey. Your Color. I'm going to okay. nominate XXX, and I'm going to nominate oh. Alex October. Oh, Alex October. Damn, dude. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. So, Frey, your color, so, XXX, and Alex October. So, why don't you talk about Frey? So, Frey was the, um, the, the like, veteran film about how some veterans can come back from combat or whatever and, and their slow descent into becoming homeless or yeah. just unable to cope with the real world once they get back. And this was written and directed by Jeff Ryan. It is a fantastic film and really spoke to me on an emotional level, just seeing this guy's journey and you're really rooting for him the whole time. It's just mm. that the topics are so heavy. Like his foreman like wants to help him so badly, but him receiving help from others is a sign of weakness. Yeah. And he's like trying to stop that from happening. Oh, man. I mean, it's uh, dramatic, yeah. some might say. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed this film. The acting was good. Uh, every Every aspect of it was just... 
you're just rooting for him the whole time. And it kind of ends on a, like, a, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, like it's, this could be good. This could be bad. So it's, it's not, it's not on a happy note either, but yeah, Frey, uh, what was, uh, your, your films that you're recommending here? So XXX. I do remember is that. Is the postmodern film, we'll call it, where it's it's about a a breakup that's happening and they are <gasps> documenting yeah. it as it happens. So it's kind of like a documentary, but it's not and it is it, it gets really upsetting because these people are literally like it's about two people who are breaking up. Like that's what the narrative is, but they are actually mm-hmm. two people breaking up and filming it. And it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, dude, it's very bizarre. Dude. And it's, it's, uh, it gets a little uncomfortable at times. Okay. Would you say that film is a documentary or a mockumentary or a hybrid? I guess it's a hybrid. It's weird. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So, so, so XXX. I would I would have that in the best documentary okay, mockumentary we'll put category document- that's coming up. Okay, we'll do that. Um, Alex October. Alex October is about a um, recovering alcoholic who meets this girl named October, and they just yep. kind of hit it off in a weird way. And um, yeah, it's like it's kind of quirky. Yeah. It's kind of it's really sad. Really some sad, sad shit in this. Really sad. Um, it, it had some funny moments, but the chemistry between the two is really what sets it sets it apart from a lot of different. The reason why I wouldn't give it a best drama is it took a little bit for me to warm up to the two characters together. Okay, uh, I I felt like they were a little jarring together and the reason for them getting together was a little convoluted for me. So I felt like that hurt the drama overall. Right. I still enjoyed it once it okay. started, once it got going. Okay. Um, but that would be my defense against it being best drama of the year. Your color, your color was a film about two guys who are just trying to um, leave the nest and make it out in Spain. And, um, dude, it's, it's about, it's about two film or it's, it's about two amateur filmmaker friends who they go out to Spain and they, they try to get jobs. One of them gets the job. He becomes successful. The other one, um, is too laid back for the job atmosphere and starts selling drugs. And that yep. makes them come at odds with each other. And <laughs> they try to prostitute themselves out to, like, this old lady, too. Yeah. They do a lot of weird things in this movie to try to, like, figure it out. But, like, one of them is a fuck-up. The other one is is trying to, like, figure it out. And it really puts a strain on their friendship. Yeah. Oh, that scene where they blew up on each other and he slams that, that door and the glass mm. blows up out of it. That shit was fucking real. <laughs> like that's that's a one take thing you got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was directed by Maria Diane Ventura. She wrote and directed. Who it. directed Frey? Frey was Jeff Ryan. Jeff Ryan. Okay. Wrote and directed. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I think your color. I think I think you won me over on this. I don't know if I can defend it against. Well, like I I I stand Frey all day, but. Here, here's my defense because I like Frey a lot too. The one I want to watch again is Frey. 
Whoa. Okay. Why? The narrative intrigued me more. Um, I just have like kind of a soft spot for the the veteran story, I guess. Mm -hmm. And just watching him spiral downward. I mean, both of them. Both of them are like just spirals, just characters spiraling out of control. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard. It's really hard to say. So what I'll say is I thought visually I liked what was going on more with your color. But I love the character and the drama more of Frey. So I guess if this is best drama, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Damn. I'm really, I'm a flip flopping piece a of flip shit. Flip flopping. All right. Best All right. drama indie film best review. Drama. Frey. Now our nominee for most disgusting scene this year. <laughs> And I only have one one nominee, <laughs> okay, and that would be right. the period blood smearing sex scene oh from God. Mango Tango. Uh, <laughs> fuck off! Oh, yum, yum, yum! Mm. Do you so have Mango any Tango was oh, Mango <laughs> Tango, which I think comes up again, is about a a a. Oh, a woman who is seeking therapy to figure out uh, her relationships. Cause like a lot of her relationships fail. And one of her ex-boyfriends is like a tantric sex guru lover. Yeah. And they have sex while she's on her period. And he's like, no, 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 I'm into this. And he like takes her period blood and like rubs it on his face and rubs it on her face. And then there's an extended scene of them boning with just period blood all over them. And I know it's not real and it's a movie, but I'm suing. I'm suing this film for emotional distress. Uh, no, I, I, the film was fun and one of the weirdest fucking movies yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I actually have it in a, another category of most surreal films of 2022. And okay. Mango Tango is fucking in there. Yeah. So from 2009, I believe if I remember correctly, Mango Tango took about 10 years to film oh, yeah. and fully... Yeah create because i think they remastered it like they re-edited everything which i think was to the benefit of the film it turned out to be something very special marianne hedinger which i believe was the main character as well but what a weird movie you're gonna have fun watching mango tango is what i'll say it's strange um absolutely it wins the award best of course No question. Most disgusting scene. Mango Tango. Fuck you. I hate you. No question. (laughs) Um, Why don't we go into most surreal film? Okay. Okay. So I have Mango Tango and Pink Rabbit. Those would be my two nominees as well. Yes, dude. Okay. Pink Rabbit is done by Zekin Yakilmus, who we fucking love on this show. She is amazing. She makes really weird grindhouse films. Mm -hmm. Uh, with just outrageous plots. And this movie's about this woman who's haunted by this like demon rabbit that makes her kill people. And it's kind of a play on Alice in Wonderland, but it's so bizarre. <laughs> There's like a woman with a brain head and it's she weird she and multi fights a talking cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. dude, the cat scene. Oh my God. <laughs> she kills a cat and they're like, we didn't hurt any animals in this film. The Don't cat worry. scene is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> so fucking bizarre. So, cause both of these films have like strange ex- existential mm-hmm. scenes where they do like the weird jump cutting and, and, the dream state enters yeah. into the film. 
So what are your thoughts on, like, how do we narrow down these two? Because I really don't know. We might have to go with gut on this one. I'm leaning more towards Pink Rabbit because those scenes where the rabbit would disappear and reappear were so effective to me. And, like, that and there's also a lot of really cool, like, you know, the king of surrealism, like, Lynchian vibes in, in Pink Rabbit. Where like oh during the kidnap scene yeah. oh no I'm thinking of uh, Mango Tango no, the kidnap no, I'm scene talking, oh, oh they both have kidnap fuck. themes that scene because when the hillbillies kidnap uh, the main character in Pink Rabbit that shit was fucking bizarre and then there's the like it was like a Jeb Bush mask it was oh like a president God. mask yeah <laughs> and, and the he guy dances kidnaps the lady he dances yeah 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 oh he's like God. dancing in the wood. Oh, He's like now, the jumping man oh, from man. Lynch. Mm. <laughs> Can't they both win it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, mm, mm. I'm going to go with Pink Rabbit on this. Yeah, Pink Rabbit. All right, all right, all right. The most surreal film of 2022 from Indie Film <laughs> Review, Pink Rabbit. Hell yeah. Which leads That's us to another fun category. The best silly side character. <laughs> my nominees cool. are the pink rabbit from pink rabbit uh Hell grim yeah. arthur from all night gaming he was oh, the he grim was, arthur! He was the, the mc Dude. for the metal show um, shut it down but go ahead i mean we already know who won dante deloney who is the colonel sanders mob <laughs> boss from italian or inheritance Fucking italian style hell. and then old so bijou dumb. from netherworld old bijou okay <laughs> We're going to look to old Bijou. We're going to nod and say, we understand that you're the OG. But because that wasn't a submitted film, I feel like it would be disrespect because yeah. like Bijou would win. Yes. We can't have Bijou winning. It's disrespectful <laughs> to the people who did all this hard work. Uh, so old Bijou, we see you. Netherworld is a weird movie. Go check that yeah. out. That was a film that uh, Dan made us watch. <laughs> it's got like a demon hand that flies and attacks people. And, oh, and Biju is like this sweaty, gross, <laughs> intimidating psychopath. Yeah. yeah, there's this there's a scene where he forces a man to dance with him sexually, and he keeps demanding that he does it. And the more he does it, the more intense and scary. It's like one of the scariest scenes in a it's, film I've seen in a long time. And all this is a guy asking another guy to dance. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's just wild. It was a wild, wild scene. But yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Grim Arthur. Grim Arthur, yeah. So All Night Gaming was about a kid who was trying to, like, he was trying to do a report. He was trying to, like, uh, finish a, a college or, or a high school essay. Events lead him to a cyber cafe for, yes. in order to do this. But everybody there is just playing a video game. And he keeps getting distracted. Yeah, and of course there's, like, a love interest that he kind of gets involved with. And he goes on some shenanigans. It's a fun little movie. And uh, so All Night Gaming came out 2016. It was done by Michael uh, Cusack. He, was, he wrote and directed it. And it also stars uh, Jack Mitchell as Jamie, who we've, we've seen in a few other films. I think he's going to come up again yeah. on our list. But he was great in it. He's, he's a great actor. But um, the best silly side character is yes. Grim Arthur from All Night Gaming. So basically, again, <laughs> Grim Arthur, is, he's, he's this MC who is... I'm seeing this show of like this battle of the bands and all yeah. the bands are really tiny and they all suck. But this he's like in full Gothic garb with corpse paint yeah. on. 
<laughs> he has some of the best lines in the movie. Amazing lines. Amazing. So imagine King Joffrey as a goth and he's yeah. emceeing. Yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> but he's not a little bitch. He's like ethereal. He's like, the moon has aligned with Venus. Oh, yes. This will be a great night to rock and or roll. I don't know. This, just like crazy shit. Uh, we're not doing him justice, but yes, Grim Arthur, genius. Amazing name, amazing character. Perfection. Love it. And didn't he like commune with the, there were like these cloaked figures of rock and yeah. roll. And if you don't play well enough, yeah. they'll kill you. <laughs> They're like the underworld. That was amazing. I love that. Oh, so silly. Okay. Perfection. Now one that's really close to me. It's very personal. Um, best use of a big empty building. And <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of, we got a lot of nominees. We got a lot of contenders. But I, I feel like the film that really, really knocked this out of the park was Cam. Yes. 2021. I put Cam and... in a separate category for the exact reason <laughs> that you're about to explain. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me yours. Tell me yours. So mine was the creepiest slash scariest scene because what you're about to explain is horrifying. Yes. <laughs> but... Yeah. So Cam, which is C.A.M., uh, it came out in 2021, and it was di- written and directed by Stephen DeMilo, and it was also co-directed with Larry Downing. And it was a fun, like, found footage uh, zombie infection horror film. And what made it so, like, there was, like, this one scene in it that was so just, like, it, this movie has problems. We'll say that. There's definitely potential. Mm-hmm. It it had some editing issues with the tape recorder and jumping back and forth. That was kind of annoying to me. Um, I rather would have just seen the found footage, like watched the found footage, but stayed more focused on that than the, there was like an interviewer guy who was like listening to an audio tape of his own interview. It got weird and meta. Uh, but the thing I loved the most was the, the military police team that got sent in to go investigate the virus, they come up on this warehouse where like the medical facility is where these people are supposed to be. And they, they systematically go through all these hallways and just they're looking and looking and looking and they don't find anything, but nothing happens. Nothing happens. But they, the, the sound makes you like freak out and like, you kind of hear screaming and you're like, what was that? I was terrified the entire time because it's fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. And the absence of the horror, the buildup of that was so well done. It was a triumph, like this beautiful gem scene hidden away. And it was like, ooh, there's so much potential that they could be doing with this. And I really wanted to actually give a nod to it. And and we're also having a little fun, too. But but yeah, amazing scene. It was great. Uh, Dan, you got another one? I saw on your list you combine actors and actresses. Yes. Are you okay with combining them? Yeah. So what are your best actors? Okay, so we have Jack Mitchell from All Night Gaming. He played Jamie. Yep. I put Peter Flaherty as, um, I forgot his name, but the lead in Choir Girl. Jeff James as Holt from Edge of Town. Pamela Jane Morgan from, she's Dawn in Goodbye Honey. And then Cassia Sarek is Abby Rose in the... Damn, dude. All right, let me pull these both up. <clears throat> let me get them side by side. We could really figure this shit out. 
Okay, so let me see. What are the ones that we have in common? So Pamela Jane Morgan from Goodbye Honey, Jack Mitchell. And so when we did this list, we basically like did our own things. And then we compared our notes at the end to see what kind of categories we were going to be doing. All this stuff is organically, this is what Dan picked and this is what I picked. And now we're, we're just doing it on the show to figure it out which I thought would be fun. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so you don't have Michaela Whitman on here, right? No. Okay, so I'm going to do my pitch for you, okay. right? So do you remember Clairvoyant? Yes. The 2021 film. Oh, the lead from that? Yes. Okay. It's about her wanting to make a documentary about herself and about how amazing and wonderful her life is and how like she's popular and everyone likes her. And... And her joining this, like, cool... She's, like, trying to figure out her spirituality and, and like, basically, like, what she should be getting into, like, Judaism or, like, Reiki healing. And she she plays around with all these things to try to really be... Because she thinks she's really in tune. Uh, so she wants to make a documentary about it. And it turns out she just... She doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah. Um, the people that she thinks are her friends are not her friends. Her parents... She's very detached from them. She's There's so much more going on than what is shown on the surface of what the premise is. Uh, and her performance is just so amazing. There's a scene with her and the cameraman. And the only reason this cameraman's following her around is because he's paying her money. But then I think after a while, he kind of feels sympathetic towards mm. her. And it's just like, oh, man, I really want to help you. Um, is they're going to go see one of her friends from yoga mm -hmm. and like talk to her about yoga and she's, she's like playing it off. It's like, oh, you know, um, she's really clingy and blah, blah, blah. And she's like kind of playing it up as like this person that is good friends with her, but she's kind of over her. And then they do a phone call in the elevator and she's basically flaking on her, yeah. basically saying like, I can't do the interview. I can't, you know, I'm busy. I have other things I need to do. And her playing that off as being like, oh, she, you know, she's, she had something else. To, like, she's basically like trying to lie yeah. to the camera crew <laughs> and say, like, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's go do something else. And it's that kind of vulnerability. She's so vulnerable mm. through a lot of this. Just her figuring herself out. And the ending of this film, when it gets how crazy it gets. And she's like fucked up on ayahuasca with that weird Bob Ross guy. <laughs> It was one of the most memorable performances yeah. of last year for yeah. me. So I am big Stan on uh, Michaela Whitman. Uh, did you want to Stan anyone else, Stan, that we have? No, I you you've kind of you kind of hard sold it for me because the more I think about the more I think about Clairvoyant, like it is, it's that vulnerability. It's she's that, the best, it's the thing naivete in the film. a lot. Yeah, because she's just so good. She's she's completely naive. And she has no mm -hmm. idea what's going on. And she played that to a T. So. That acting was just amazing. So, Michaela Whitman. As best Claire. actor. Or Hell actress. yeah. I do want to give... I want to give some nods to the other ones that we both locked on. So, Pamela Jane Morgan playing Dawn in Goodbye Honey. She was the, the mother figure to the lost girl. She was a truck driver, right? Mm. And there was a scene where Pamela J. Morgan is just eating salad in her truck. And I'm like, why is this so compelling? <laughs> <laughs> I was just enraptured by her performance. She was so fun to watch on camera. I, you know, I felt empathy for her trying to help this girl. She was like a runaway from being kidnapped. The whole film is her trying to protect her. There's a scene where 
in order to protect this young girl from these hooligans who she thinks are the kidnappers, she, like, pours piss on her head or something. Oh! There's one point. Oh, oh, you just brought up two awards for me. Thank you. Oh, best piss scene in the film? So, that's my nominee for best piss scene in the film. (laughs) Well, I have uh, an award for best piss shit vomit scene coming up that we can we'll we'll, we'll talk about it right after this also just to note goodbye honey was done by director max strand and the writers were max strand and todd rawzizer rawzizer i'm sure i'm saying that wrong i apologize but yeah very interesting film harrowing at times Mm -hmm. for sure the other nod i want to give is jeff james from edge of town which this film was done by christopher uh uh flippo filippo Again, please forgive me. Um, <laughs> he was He's so good at like this lovable, like dopey character. He plays those characters really, really well. Uh, he also kind of has his own naivete he brings to, to some of the scenes. Um, and he, 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 and I'd say my favorite performance of his is as Sugar Baby in Down and Yonder. Uh, that was really good. So yeah, Down and Yonder and Edge of Town were both done by the same director. Really good. Another nod to Jack Mitchell as well from All Night Gaming. He was uh, on our nominees. Uh, really, really good. We were talking about Goodbye Honey. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Most intimidating mm-hmm. villain is Zach from Goodbye Honey. Played <gasps> played by Rafe Sewell, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Dude, this guy. The, what an in- He's got like such an interesting face. Yeah. And that he's barely in the film, but he scared he's the shit out of me. such an interesting looking guy. He, he, he would make a great... I mean, he is a great character so he, actor. He's, I, he's I, the I, guy that forces Don to, on piss, or to, to, to pour piss on herself. Yeah, but, and the way he bullies his, I, uh, his friend into like, peer pressuring him into doing shit. Yeah, I really enjoyed him on screen. Yeah. He, he stole every scene he was in. He was terrifying. I would love to see him as like a good character yeah. to really like flip that yeah. and be like, can he play? Can he play a good guy? <laughs> Best piss scene, Dan. What was your nominee? Um, this is important. Goodbye, honey. I hate to piss on your parade, but I think I have the best jerk off piss shit or throw up scene of 2022 <laughs> and that film is from safe house 1618 oh if you recall there are back-to-back jerk off throw up and like piss and shit scenes just back to back to back <laughs> and this i think the director even clipped us or or like pulled out a sample of us talking about this early uh, when we covered the film and and it's like a it's a point of pride for this person and I um, I live for it. So Calvin T. Shepard wrote and directed this movie, and this is a film. It it definitely has its problems, but it I it is know, entertaining. I enjoyed this film quite a bit, and it had a really good dream sequence. It had a, an amazing dream sequence, yes. But I just never never been done before. I don't know if anyone's ever gonna try to top it. Uh, a piss and shit sandwich. Just, just amazing. Amazing. All right, it's in. I mean, come on. Come on, how are you going to compete in, with this? Yes. Best scene where titty tassels smack the back of someone's neck, and that would be uh, Bitch Lover 2020. No context needed for that. Um, best scene where titty tassels smack the back of someone's neck. 
Bitch Lover 2020. All right. Uh, best BMX ramp jumps. Also, best scene where a guy gets his head smashed in by a rock. Breaking the loop 2022. I mean, you got to hand it to him. You got to hand him a rock to fucking smash someone's head in. I like that uh, movie yep. too. Um, there's just, <laughs> it's we, a fun we, film. We got a lot of really good films this year. It's it's hard to hell yeah. This. I think we do every year. Um, did we do best documentary? No, yet? I don't yet. think we did. Let's do that. All right, all right. Let's get into a real one. Best documentary, mockumentary, Into the Lost Desert, 2021, and Sex, Love, and Misery, New New York. And XXX. You made a really uh, strong argument yeah. about XXX. I'm voting for XXX. Because that film fucking blew me. Like, as you're watching it, understanding that this could be real, this isn't just like, oh, two people are, you know, talking about relationships and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wait a minute. Were they really together? Is this really happening? And, like, that slow reveal mm-hmm. into, like a film about relationships into an actual documentary about these two people was mind blowing. I still don't really know if it was real or not. It felt very real to me by the end of it. Would you say between the three, what are the top two that we could narrow it down? Into the lost desert. Into the lost desert. You think so? Mm -hmm. Okay. So sex, love and misery. New New York is about the dating scene there. And it's, it's a series of, uh, uh, these these couples are meeting, and I I think it was real as well. Yeah. It's it was kind of hard to tell if it was real or if it was fake. It was done in that kind of way, which I, I think is fun and intriguing as well. But it 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 catalogs their dates and how they went, and it was very interesting. I liked that movie a lot. Into the Lost Desert, directed by Christopher Castle, and the lead, the legend, the myth, Max. Calderon, mm-hmm. an insane person who likes to cross deserts on foot because he I guess can. for fun, <laughs> yes. just, just to do it. And he had an entire crew help him cross like one of the toughest deserts in Africa, I believe. Um, in it, it, insane, very interesting movie. He had an entire crew like follow him, but like they are like not really helping him that mm. much. Really, really fascinating movie. They talk about gin. They get spiritual in that. It, I mean, he gets fucked up. And he's an older guy, too. Yeah. And he's, like, in really good shape. Uh, the, guy's, the guy's a fucking legend. He is amazing. Here's how we can narrow this down, Dan. Which film did you enjoy watching more? Which you're, like, more intrigued by? Mm. I'm thinking X... I don't know. Because, like, Into the Lost Desert was an easier film to watch. Mm. It's more palatable to a wider audience. XXX is a little more niche, but I found it to be more exciting the more I got it. I was like, this mm-hmm. film is nuts. Yeah. I like the postmodern approach. Like it's 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 post postmodern. It's it's yeah. something that is brand new, whereas, you know, uh Into the Lost Desert, as intriguing as it is, it's it's very much a run of the mill documentary, you know. Yeah, the risks in I mean, it's it's like a standard. I wouldn't say standard documentary because there was risks with their lives. Yeah. Like they were, they were playing with their lives trying to get this footage. But yeah, I think XXX just barely yeah. squeezes out. Yeah, I think we're gonna go with that. All right, all right. XXX, both both great films. Best documentary. 
So, best cinematography. I'm just going to go with one nominee, and that is Lomad. Lomad. I have him up. F- I have Lomad up for best picture. Me too. Do you have a bet? Uh, best picture list? I do have a best picture list, but best cinematography, hands down, is Lomad. Dude. Dude. Because, uh, so Lomad is a film shot entirely in one take. Yes. On a bridge, under a bridge, it's all in black and white. They they introduce flashbacks several times, a dream sequence, all in one take. So anytime the camera's not on something, they're changing and setting up the scene for the next thing while they're still filming. Characters killed it with the acting. I mean, it's a must-see for the year. Yeah, I would give it to him. Best cinematography, Lomad. So Lomad was done by Hem Hemwans Hiwari. Taiwari. Yeah. Please forgive me if I'm saying that name wrong. Also, I want to give a another uh, cheeky award to coolest bad cop in a black oh, and white yeah. film. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that cop was so outrageous. What a fucking psycho that cop was. And the reveal that he is a police officer was so good, too. Oh, man. That guy was one of the... He's just a mean, bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I loved him in the film. He was great. Um, okay, so I want to make a nod to um, most imaginative narrative. <laughs> and that would okay. be Thorpe. Oh, yeah. Very interesting... Just Concept, the story, sure. yeah, the story is like very so strange. bizarre, and it takes you on a very strange journey. And I was very, very impressed by it. I like the risks that this film takes, even though I don't think the tone necessarily gelled with what they were doing. I liked a lot of the heavy subjects they were tackling and using comedy to try yeah. to talk about these things. Yeah. Big risk-taking film. It was uh, fascinating to watch it. So, um, Um, Walker Hare wrote that one, and that's why I'm kind of praising it. It was also directed, just really quick, by uh, Dennis Donovan. But um, definitely, for me, the most imaginative narrative this year. Okay, so best comedy. Because I feel like comedy Mm -hmm. is very important to our brand (laughs) and to me in my life in general. One of the first things I always ask normally during a comedy when we review it is, is it funny? Because there's, you know, sometimes you can see a, this is going to be a hard, this is going to be a hard, this is, this is going to be a hard one. Did you see my list? I didn't see yours. All right. Tell me your list. So the get lost losers. All night. That's on mine. And clairvoyant. Okay. Those are the only three that. Oh, damn, dude! Clairvoyant strikes again. Okay, so Get Lost Losers is on both of ours. Yes, I have Shellfish on mine, best comedy. Mm-hmm. Get Lost Losers and Marty and Doug's New Religion, because Marty and Doug's New Religion was funny as shit. It was so fucking funny to me. So that was a miniseries that, um. If combined together, it's like a movie. Uh, I guess it would be a short. I guess it'd be considered a short yeah. film, but it's just about these two idiots who end up starting their own religion out of selfish reasons <laughs> to, to get out of taxes. <laughs> and like Jesus is there. It's so dumb. Hold on, I gotta I gotta 
give a nod to the guys who did this because they're amazing. Dan Kowalski is the director and the writer is Dan Conrad. Oh, the writers are Dan Conrad, Mark Seidstein, Seidenstein, please forgive me, and Greg Vorob. And a lot of these uh, characters are usual suspects that you'll see in our, some of our other episodes. They do a lot of other very interesting comedies. I love these guys. They're fantastic. Yeah. They do a podcast I've been listening to that I enjoy. It's called the MSV Podcast. I listen to their Christmas episode where... <laughs> this is a very Merry Christmas episode hosted by three Jews. So it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> They're great. Love them. Very funny guys. Other nominees. The Get Lost Losers. That was a recent one, wasn't yeah. it? Get Lost Losers was directed by Chaz Moore. And it it was like the fake documentary band yeah. kind of a thing where uh, the main character, Jason Serrano, as Serrano, uh, is just a prick to everyone. <laughs> and then he kind of learns the errors of his ways. So it's like it was a standard plot, but it was done so well and it yeah. was so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. The characters are so charming to me. I, I really I really got into it. Uh, I mean, Shellfish is fucking amazing. Yeah, I have that in two different categories, but not in comedy. Do you? Yeah. So Shellfish was done by Hunter Hopewell. It was actually made in 2022, so <laughs> that's good. Just a bizarre story about a young filmmaker trying to figure out his life and his relationships and dealing with the death of his brother, the death of a loved yeah. one. Yeah. And told with like stop motion animation. Uh, it tackles like the difficulties of filmmaking and it gets very like the film was not afraid of being silly yeah. and which I love a lot. Uh, so what are your thoughts, Dan? The way I'm looking at, I'm leaning on all night gaming and the get lost losers is trying to figure out which is the best comedy. Okay. Okay. Um, All Night Gaming is more of a traditional comedy. It's like it, it puts characters uh-huh. in like sitcom kind of things and it just gets more bizarre and silly as it goes. And the Get Lost Losers is just them horsing around basically and failing a lot of the time. And both of them, I, I remember laughing at both of them quite a bit. Yeah. So they're yeah. both very funny. <sighs> I would say the Get Lost Losers. Yeah. If I had to pick one of those films to watch again, that would be the film I'd want to watch again. Okay. Then yeah, guess what? How do you feel? Yes, that because they also win Best Soundtrack too. God damn them <laughs> to hell. God damn them to hell. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of good songs in that too. So best comedy, the get lost losers. Get lost losers. Okay, we are running up on our last two categories, at least my last two categories, and that yeah, is, me too. I'm on my last category. I, what is your last category? Best picture. Okay, so, so we can do one more the then. Best director and best picture are my last two categories. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So best director, that is where I have Hunter Hopewell. In my category with Shellfish, because that film Dude. has an amazing direction, and it would he Hunter Hopewell wrote, directed, and starred in it. Yes, so that that alone is like it's between this fucker got good sound on the beach. Yeah, it's it's Fuck it's him. between Fuck for you. me it's between that one. <laughs> 
It's between that one and him what Tamari Tawari with Lomad. Yeah. And we've already discussed why we think Lomad is there, but I think Shellfish yeah. Shellfish is definitely best direction. Like I don't even think I want to debate you on that. It's I think Shellfish is the winner for best director because yeah. he he always knows exactly where to point that camera. Yeah. I I was never bored by any of the camera work in this. It was so engaging and it just like well, fun, that and like, like the beats like to what's the, going on. The reason why you thought it was a good comedy is because the beats are there. Like it's, it's yes, it, yeah, not a moment of is wasted, and it's smart, it's witty, it's it's very reflexive. It's it's all about filmmaking. And yes. a lot of the time, I love that meta aspect yeah, of uh, it too. That was sometimes fun. directors who like to do that can get too meta, and it gets like, okay, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. But then other directors, like for example, um, Nope with uh, Jordan Peele, like that film is very mm-hmm. much about oh. filmmaking, but it's also an so amazing good. narrative. So I think you're right. Nope, Nope wins best director. You're right. <laughs> no, Shellfish. I'll write that down. Shellfish wins best director. <laughs> I agree. I 100% agree. Way to go, Hunter. You're the best. Hell yeah. Little Hunty. Killing it. So, last category, best picture. I have three nominees. Let's go. Two of which which we've already talked about. But one we haven't, we barely talked about. Shellfish, best overall. Yep. Lomad and Choir Girl. Yes. Can you talk about Choir Girl a little bit? So Choir Girl is about... Oh, by the way, Choir Girl automatically wins um, Best Voyeurism. But... but, <laughs> but um, the whole film is voyeurism. Yeah, so, that, that film was written and directed by John Frazier, okay, by the way. So Choir, Choir Girl. Girl is about this guy who um, is like... He, he finds a muse and he, he starts taking pictures of her, but this, she's kind of been, she's, she's a prostitute. She's been trafficked and he tries to save her and he does. And now he's in with this really sketchy dude who's like in charge of all these prostitutes. And, um, he, he's trying to pay her off so he can free her. And how he does that is gets her to sleep with people and takes pictures of them. But he's being black. He's being blackmailed into it. You know, this isn't his first idea. The crime boss is basically making him do this. I mean, he could have figured out other ways to do it. So that's the whole play of the film is like his voyeurism versus him wanting to help. That's the whole trick of the movie. Right. So, he initially is taking pictures of people who are hurting un- under the guise of like, well, this is happening all around me. I'm just taking pictures of what's going on. But in the back of his head, he's kind of enjoying yeah. watching this and, that, and filming it. That feeling of like, just that dichotomy oh, between the two. It's so good. So good. It's the crux of the film. And it, it's what makes it genius and an excellent nod into best picture. I believe. Um, I think we already talked about Lomad a we bit. Did. It's an entirely one shot film. I mean, it's perfection to, from start to finish. I, I fucking love this movie. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for you to talk me out of <laughs> Lomad not being the best, the best picture. Um, I honestly, I don't think, I don't think we can. Um, 
it, it's I mean, Shellfish is a very good movie and a very good comedy. It is. It is, but in terms of our sensibilities... Yeah, we're pretentious little fuckers, and Lomad checks all those it, boxes for it was, me. <laughs> let's put it this way. As much as I like mm. Choir Girl, mm-hmm. Lomad and Shellfish were both the most impressive films we got this past year. Yeah. But yeah. I, I am but a sucker I, for one-take films and long takes. Dude. So, dude. Hunter, you got Best Director. <laughs> but yeah. I, ha- I have to go with Lomad for Best Picture this year. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Choir Girl is an amazing film that I recommend. Yeah. Like it is no, definitely watch one of the all best of these films. Twenty twenty two that we watch. Watch all of them. Yes, very very good. Dark fucking movie. Uh, a very harrowing rape. One of the most harrowing rape scenes in a film that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and one that I feel like had to be in this movie. Like plot wise, it really had to be there. Very difficult to watch. But yeah, Lomad. Hemwant, uh, Tawari, amazing, amazing, amazing. Definitely best picture. I'm going to give it to him. Let's go. All right. Lomad, best picture. So that is the end of the show. Let's, let's run down the winners. Best short, The Spinning Man. Best sound, Henry. Best drama, Frey. Best surreal film, Pink Rabbit. Best Actor, Michaela Whitman in Clairvoyant. Best Documentary, XXX. Best Cinematography, Lomad. Best Comedy, The Get Lost Losers. Best Director, Shellfish, Hunter Hopewell. Best Picture, Lomad. Well, we Well, Dan, final thoughts on all this. Um, On, On last year, on... What's what happened? What will happen? I'm looking forward to the new films this year. Hopefully we have returning people. If you've submitted a film to us in the past, submit it again. I Hell mean, yeah. submit a different Not one. the same yeah. film, Give though. me a different film. Yeah, that'd be weird if you submitted the same. <laughs> if you submit, if someone submits the exact same film again, I we should review it, but like have a completely different opinion <laughs> on it. <laughs> that'd be really funny. Um, but yeah, we just... I'm just so thankful and happy that people are sending us these films and all the hard work that everyone puts into yeah. making these films. It's just so exciting to me to see all this great creativity and keep working hard. It fucking blows me away, man. These people are lunatics and I'm just, I feel honored to be a part of the lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to, just to be able to watch these films. I think it's just so, what a joy, yeah. what a treat, what a dream. So thank you all. So thank, thank you, you all for again for listening. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so for listening. Much. Um, you can find yeah. us on Twitter at Indie Film Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Indie Film Review Pod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. We have a Patreon for filmmakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to get your film on a shorter wait list, because our wait list is around seven or six to seven months, um, Donate $5 to us, one-time donation, and we put your film on a shorter list. We also have a PayPal for that, uh, paypal.me slash Indie Film Review. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Go check out the Necropodicon 
podcast.com. Oh, not. No. Go check out the Necropodicon Network. Uh, Necropodicon.com for a bunch of other cool podcasts you can go listen to. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Dan, you have the final word. Yes. Tune in next or this year where (laughs) (laughs) I hope we have new contenders for best piss shit jerk off scene and most disgusting scene. And maybe, maybe we will see a best enema scene. (laughs) I'm submitting my own work as you speak. But there are so many out there, and it's hard to know what's good. Well, my friend, it is not as hard as you might think, because Necropodicon has you covered. They've got movie reviews, horror shows, games, comedy, and improv, so all you've got to do is head on over to Necropodicon.com to find your new favorite podcast. Yeehaw! Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.